Welcome to the Saving Lives Podcast. I'm Eddie Joe. Today is the 24th of November of 2020, and the article that I'm going to be discussing today just got published in the New England Journal of Medicine a few moments ago, and it is titled, A Randomized Trial of Convalescent Plasma in COVID-19 Severe Pneumonia. And I got to tip my hat off to the folks who created this article who come out of Argentina. The study group is called the Plasma AR Study Group, and I think it's fittingly like Plasma, the AR is for Argentina. It's pretty cool. It's pretty nerdy. I'm all about it. And so it's just some personal, some personal input into this whole thing with convalescent plasma. My particular shop was involved in the Mayo Clinic study early, early in the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, where we were providing convalescent plasma really early on to our COVID-19 patients who are critically ill. Now, I can't say whether it worked or didn't work. I mean, at that point, we we're just trying anything we could to try to get our patients better. Today, the 24th of November, we know that the only thing that improves mortality is corticosteroids, in this case, Decadron, based on the recovery trial. And, you know, you could also substitute it for methoprednisolone and other corticosteroids. But steroids in the inflammatory phase are the only thing that we know that helps out patients who have underlying COVID-19 when they're sick enough to be in the intensive care unit. I've gone over this in the past, but I don't think I've explained it here in the podcast the reason why there's such interest in convalescent plasma is because there has been data in the past using, for example, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which is called MERS, H1N1, the avian flu, Ebola, things like that, that have shown non-randomized trials that have shown that convalescent plasma has possibly worked. However, there hasn't been any large randomized control trials that have shown that it has been effective. I mentioned earlier that there was a, a study that came out of Mayo Clinic, and again, my hospital is not Mayo Clinic, but we were tied together with the Mayo Clinic for this convalescent plasma observational trial, which showed that there were some improved mortality and other improved outcomes from this. But again, it hadn't been shown in a randomized controlled trial. But this particular trial was a double-blind placebo-controlled multi-center trial that was conducted in Argentina in 12 different hospitals. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. The patients who were included into the study were sick patients. Obviously, they had COVID. They had pneumonia on their chest x-ray. They were not DNRs. They required oxygen given that their O2 sats were less than 93% on room air. They had a social score of two or more points from their baseline status. Patients were randomized, then in a two-to-one ratio, being that two people got the plasma to the one person who didn't, they either received plasma or they didn't. I guess that's pretty pretty straightforward. But the patients were also allowed to receive like other antiretrovirals, glucocorticoids, other treatments per the discretion of the provider and the standard of care at that particular institution. They go ahead and they discuss the different titers of the convalescent plasma, but that's something that I'm going to defer for you if you want to go ahead and read this article yourself, and please don't trust me. With regards to the clinical outcomes, they were looking at the patient's clinical status 30 days after they got the convalescent plasma or the placebo. And basically, they looked at whether the patient died, they received invasive ventilatory support, whether they got supplemental oxygen or they were hospitalized without supplemental oxygen. 
they were discharged home uh, without a full return to baseline physical function, or they went to home doing they went home doing perfectly fine. Then they had a number of secondary outcomes, which I'm going to just defer. They're pretty broad overall. Then obviously they looked at the incidence of adverse effects and serious effects, serious adverse effects amongst the two groups. They took titers of IgG as well as neutralizing antibody measurements, and they looked at this in the lab to see whether it worked or not. In addition to that, they looked at ferritin and D-dimer levels, which is something that I regularly check in my COVID patients at baseline as well as day 14. For my patients who are really ill, I tend to check this daily, but the ones who are so, so ill, I check it every other day, kind of to get an idea of where they're going clinically. So this trial took place between May and August of this year, and they were able to go ahead and recruit a total of 448 patients, but of which only 334 were enrolled. Turns out that 228 patients were assigned to the convalescent plasma group and 105 were assigned to the placebo group. It's important to note that the median time from the onset of COVID-19 symptoms to the, fact, to the point where they were enrolled was about eight days. This is important because we all know that the acute phase of COVID, the first couple days after they get infected, and usually nothing bad happens. But about one week into this is when we start seeing the inflammatory phase of this virus that causes so many problems. The authors go ahead and talk about total IgG and neutralizing SARS-CoV-2 antibody titers, which they went ahead and measured. But again, I'm going to defer and not mention that here because it's going to bore us all to death. Overall, the primary outcome was that at day 30, there was no significant difference between the convalescent plasma group and the placebo group. And this has to do with the distribution of clinical outcomes based on that skill that I mentioned earlier about whether the patient died, whether they were on the vent, whether they required supplemental oxygen, whether they were hospitalized without supplemental oxygen, whether they went home impaired, or they were completely asymptomatic. There was no difference in that. Amongst the secondary outcomes, there was no difference in 30-day mortality. It turns out that around 11%, being 10.96% of the patients in the convalescent plasma group died versus 11.43% of the patients in the placebo group died. This is no statistically significant difference, which sucks. I wish it would have helped people out. In addition to that, there was no significant, no significant difference between uh, the clinical status between groups. One of the things that I use in my clinical practice to notice whether a patient's getting better or not is the ferritin levels as well as, as, well as their D-dimer levels, but there was also no difference between these two things between the patient groups at day 14. I kind of wish that there was a benefit for the convalescent plasma here. They tried to you know, make the numbers look pretty and tried to do some subgroup analyses to try to find some subgroup effects on this, but it really didn't favor anybody. It turns out that they seem to have found that there was worse clinical outcome in the subgroup of patients who are younger than 65 years of age. But again, this is just a subgroup analysis of a secondary outcome. So you really got to take this with a, grain, with a grain of salt. Five patients in the convalescent plasma group went ahead and had non-hemolytic febrile reactions. Overall, no significant differences were noted in adverse effects overall or serious adverse effects. The authors did find an increase of infusion-related adverse effects where 4.8% of patients had it versus in the placebo group, which is funny, 1.9% of patients there had an infusion-related adverse effects. So I guess you're starting to understand that the fact that this is not working out for our patients. And I'm going to quote the authors here when I read that, quote, the use of convalescent plasma did not result in a significant clinical benefit as compared with placebo in patients with severe COVID-19 pneumonia. End quote. 
this is quite disappointing because we want more tools in our toolbox to help save some lives. And this randomized control trial, it does not actually have that effect where we find benefits in our patients. I know that we all got very excited with the Mayo Clinic trial and an, an emergency use authorization was provided for convalescent plasma. But again, this is not working, at least in this trial that came out of Argentina. And it seems to be really well done, at least in my opinion. Definitely recommend that you read the trial for yourself and you make up your own mind. It's definitely free. You could download it in the show notes. One could comment about the antibody titers of the SARS-CoV-2 neutralizing antibody, but it turns out that the titers in this infused plasma was actually high in concordance with the general recommendations of the regulatory authorities per the authors. One of the limitations that we have to take in mind here is the fact that all these patients had severe COVID-19 pneumonia. So we don't know how to extrapolate this to other groups like patients who have mild to moderate cases of COVID. Or perhaps, you know, like I mentioned before, this was started at day eight. What could have happened if we would have started it earlier? We just don't know. So you can't say, oh, it just doesn't work in anybody. No, it doesn't work in these patients who around day eight of diagnosis and symptoms, that's where they got the convalescent plasma. We don't know what happens to people earlier on in the hospitalization or in their disease course of COVID-19. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the final question is, in my intensive care unit, am I going to be using convalescent plasma in COVID-19 patients who, you know, again, in my intensive care unit, I have patients who are on high flow nasal cannula, patients who are on non-invasive ventilation, as well as patients who are on mechanical ventilation. Am I going to be using convalescent plasma in these patients? Well, based on this data, I don't think I am. I was never too enthusiastic about, you know, providing convalescent plasma just, just from a mechanistic standpoint of patients when they were in their inflammatory phase. Because again, I, I think that the inflammatory phase is an overreaction of the immune system with this, quote, cytokine storm that, that's taking place more so than the actual virus causing a whole bunch of havoc in the patient. I think if it does work, it's going to work in patients who, you know, just went ahead and caught the virus a couple of days ago. They're still feeling mostly fine. Um, and it might help to simmer that down so that they don't go ahead into this inflammatory phase where they visit all of us who practice in the intensive care unit. Overall, that's lastly my opinion, and um, it's not supported by any data, perhaps by this data, but nonetheless, I always suggest that you don't trust me and you read this information for yourself. It's in the show notes, so check that out. Again, thank you very much for your support and listening to this podcast, giving me how many ever stars you think I deserve as a rating on whatever podcast network that you're listening to this on. I greatly appreciate your support. Hope you guys have a great day, guys. Thank you very much. Bye.